If there really is a God, then his rules matter. If there really is a God, then what he cares about matters. If there really is a God, then what he says about the definition of life matters. If there really is a God. And I believe there is. So the question is, what does God's word say about abortion? That's what we're going to look at today. Let's get into it. Welcome to Faith in Real Life, where we discuss biblical truths that are relevant to your life and faith. My name is Obi. I'm the pastor to single adults and men at First Baptist O'Fallon. And uh, we are joined from uh, COVID quarantine once again by Bryson McGuire, our student pastor. What's up, guys? Bryson, how how you faring there? You, you doing well? Oh, yeah. We're hanging in there, uh, ready to be out of quarantine. So uh, by the time we're actually free, me and my wife, it'll be 28 days that we've spent in quarantine. So we are ready to get out. 28 days. 28 days later. Wow. So... So you're not enjoying a month's uh, vacation away from us? Oh is what no, you're saying. no. You're, I would, I would much rather be there with you guys recording in person. Okay. All right. Well, you know, we've gotten used to it without you, but uh, come oh, back if you must, sir. Thank you. I'm just kidding. We miss you. Just kidding. We miss you. And then uh, we also have Josh Rink today, our Kids Live pastor. Josh, how are things going with you? It's good, man. It's going real good. Now, you all have had some excitement lately with uh, Kids Live. You all have yeah. had uh, Who Smashed the Pumpkin? Yeah. yeah, we're getting ready. We just we just did our first grade Bibles, which was a whole like unique, you know, COVID style, mm. you know, that we had to do, which was a lot, a lot of cool things. And then coming up for our preteens and our new preteen ministry called KL 5.0, we're going to be doing a Who Smashed the Pumpkins. So if you got a preteen, you know, fifth and sixth grader, uh, you can sign up. We'd love for you to come. Man, good stuff. So lots of exciting stuff going on. I know uh, student ministry is doing a lot of stuff. Uh, our single young mm-hmm. adults uh, always having a good time. Our mm-hmm. SYA night on Thursday night. Uh, and then uh, churches uh, going on strong and uh, feel like we're seeing more people uh, come out. Yeah. We still have strong online presence, so that's been mm-hmm. good. Uh, people, uh, even small groups, it's crazy day and age that even small groups you can do in person or you can do online. And then a lot of them, I think we have like 33 groups that are doing both, yep. where it's in person and online. So uh, interesting time to be alive, right? <laughs> All right, well, um, this week we are discussing abortion, and it's actually going to be a two-week topic. And so this week we're going to try to really establish the biblical foundation of abortion. So we just, Mm -hmm. um, the biblical foundation about how we should view abortion. And then next week we're going to talk about maybe some of the trickier uh, topics, maybe some of the harder questions Mm -hmm. that people might have. Um, So it'll be hopefully a beneficial study to people out there. Um, Hopefully there are people that are watching that maybe don't know where they stand on abortion, and this will give them a biblical precedent. Maybe there are some people that um, just haven't thought about this topic, Um, or maybe there's someone that... um, that is really okay with abortion and wonders what the Bible has to say. So uh, maybe all sorts of different people that uh, come to this topic. And uh, just want to start out at the offset uh, talking because um, we're going to get into um, the morality of abortion and uh, just as you know, kind of a spoiler alert. We believe that uh, the Bible is not for abortion. Uh, but what I don't want to do is if anybody is watching. Um, who has had an abortion or knows someone who has, this is not at all to make someone feel like God doesn't love them, Mm -hmm. right? Jesus Christ 
um, blood forgives all. And so there may be someone out there who is um, watching and has made that decision to have an abortion. And uh, maybe there's a lot of hurt and pain from it. And so just want them to know to start this whole topic off. God loves you. There is salvation for you. Um, there is forgiveness for you. Um, and so, man, God's arms are open wide for anyone. So don't mm-hmm. let this mm-hmm. topic scare you off right. uh, mm-hmm. because... Yep. Because God's salvation is offered to all, His love's offered to all. So, um, so if that's you, then again, don't let it scare you off. We are going to be talking about the morality of it, and so I just kind of want to start with just that question, that topic of morality: Is abortion wrong, and why? And so, Josh, I want to start with you today and hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, you know, so when you when you talk about morality, you have to have the foundational basis. You have to have something to compare it to. Mm. You know, so for us as a believer, it's you know we we look at God's word. And, you know, if you're going to skim through God's word and look for the word abortion, you're not going to find it. But we can find Mm -hmm. things that we can show why it is and we can say that why we believe it's wrong. Um, For that, you know, we believe on the concept of there is a there is not just a truth. There is the truth. Right. Um, John 14, 6, when Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth and the life. Um, we, We know that that is the gospel. You know, and as, as we've talked about in other podcasts before, mm. um, you know, so when we talk about is wrong, that means that that is where our foundation starts. That's where we're going to start to build the structure up as we talk over it for the next two weeks. So when we start building the base of it's wrong, we start one that that we believe that life starts at, you know, right at conception. Mm. You know, we believe that that is that. And we'll, we'll, go, we'll go into that mm-hmm. deeper, you know, here in a minute. So we have to believe that. That means if there is life that means when there's the absence of life or the taking of life, we you know we would call that murder. We would call that killing. The mm-hmm. Bible is very straightforward, you know, especially when you get into Exodus, Exodus twenty. Mm-hmm. You know, when you get into the the Big Ten, you know, and when you look at it, it says, "You shall not, thou shall not murder." It's a pretty right. straightforward word. There's no, there's no like but or ifs or what. It just says don't. Yeah. You know, don't do it. Um, you know, and that is because we believe that God is the sustainer of life. Mm-hmm. You know, the fact that God yeah. has taken, you know, when he when he made Adam and Eve, you know, taking them from the dust and building them up, he gives them the breath, mm-hmm. you know, of life. Mm. And so when we, we take about that, that is something that is special. You know, that is that is a gift, you know, that we have. And so when we talk about this, even from an early age, even all the way down, <laughs> you know, to the earliest stages of life that we see, that is a God thing. And, there, and there's other verses. Absolutely. You know, that support that. And I, I don't want to wait and go into that because I know we wanna we wanna go in. So we have to start to say it's wrong because one, we believe that life starts where it does. Mm. And we believe that when God says, and there's many other instances we're taking away of life, you know, is a you know, it, it is viewed it's wrong. Mm. God says you have taken something away that is not yours to take away. Yeah. Mm. And you started off kind of talking about the objective truth of things as opposed to the relative truth. Mm. And that's kind of how I started at the intro is talking about, you know, if there is a God, then what he says matters. Absolutely. And it's not just, well, I feel like it should be this way or that. Is I want to know what Scripture says. And so you've pointed to one very clear, Exodus 20, mm-hmm. thou shalt not kill, mm-hmm. right? And when we think of Ten Commandments, that throughout the Scriptures, the Bible is a big book. Right. Mm -hmm. And so when you think that God boiled 
some of the most important things down to 10 things. Like here's a list for you of things to care about. There's 10 of them right here. Right. So so I think that's probably pretty important. <laughs> what do you got for us, Bryson? Yeah, so when we talk about like the morality of, um, I mean, just in general morality, like, you know, sometimes we, we get to a point, I feel like like God has given us right that conscience. Like, like we have the ability to understand right and wrong. Um, and I think, you know, there, there's also like, how do I say this? Like you can see, like when you see something sometimes, like you can just feel it like in your gut. And so I, I say all that to bring up the example of um, a couple months ago, Sarah and I actually watched the movie Unplanned, um, which is a, the story of Abby Johnson and her testimony in the very, very beginning of it. Um, there's a pretty intense scene that kind of depicts um, an abortion. And, and like we were just like, just ugly crying like it was it was so bad um but i say that to say there was something i feel like deep in our souls that just the the reason it affected us so much is because we knew morally like that was murder like that was killing and the mm. bible says uh in, in jeremiah 1 5 it says uh before oh, sorry let me pull it up it says before i formed you in the womb i knew you um i i think about that verse and think about the fact that um, that that God before he, there was even the formation, right? We we begin we believe that life begins at conception, but before that, the Bible says that God knew them, and so um, seeing someone that was created in the image of God, right? Genesis one twenty six and twenty seven talks about how we were made in the image of God, and knowing that someone that was made in the image of God that that God knew before they were even formed is is being forcibly removed from this world, right? That's it's just murder. Um, and I think that's really kind of the the essence. I mean, Josh is completely right. The Bible never says the word abortion, um, but it's very clear on murder. Yeah. So to, you've both touched on murder and killing. And so uh, I had Exodus 20, verse 13 as well. But I want to read Proverbs 6, verse 16 and 17. It says, there are six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to mm -hmm. him. And so this is where you kind of get the seven deadly sins as they've been dubbed, right? but uh, has a couple like um, lying tongue, things like that. But one of those is hands that shed innocent blood. Mm -hmm. And so just thinking about the innocence, the uh, of all things that we should protect, of all people in this world that we should protect, it's the innocent. I'm going to touch on that more in a second. Uh, but then Job 12, 10, um, kind of you were talking about that God is the, the sovereign one, right? That he's the controller of life. And so... Job 12.10 says this, The life of every living thing is in his hand, mm -hmm. as well as the breath of all humanity. And so what happens is when we um, honestly try to position ourselves to do something that only God should do, then we're, we're almost trying to make ourselves like God, mm -hmm. right? It's the breath of every life is in his hand, not mine. And so when we try to take a life, uh, we're, in a sense, putting ourselves in God's place. Mm. But then, so that's the killing aspect. But then I just think of kind of what I mentioned a second ago is the vulnerable. When Proverbs 6 says he he detests hands that shed innocent blood, I think of how often in Scripture um, God points to that he cares about the vulnerable. So one of the most famous verses is James one twenty seven, where it says, Pure and undefiled religion before God the Father is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained mm -hmm. for the world. You see again and again throughout Scripture about 
people who are in a vulnerable situation, like a widow, like an orphan, um, it is actually 42 times in Scripture the fatherless are mentioned. It is 96 times widows are mentioned. A lot of times, along with those, there's something mentioned about a foreigner or a stranger in your land. And, uh, and so it's just real interesting. It's like God saying, look, people who are my people, something I care about and I want you to care about are those who are vulnerable those who can't defend themselves. I'm saying you people who are supposed to be followers of a good God, mm. defend them, stand up for them, stand up for those lives. And so um, we see that, we think about the killing, we think about the sovereignty, we think about uh, the vulnerable. There's all sorts of biblical reasons why, um, while we may not find the word abortion in Scripture, that it, it's, it's clear, like the message is clear about defending. So anything to add on that one? You know, one thing, I mean, if I could point something out, when mm -hmm. one scripture that did come to mind whenever I was, you know, we were, when we were preparing was, you know, I was led to Romans 13, which is pretty much where he is citing, you know, the Ten Commandments, mm -hmm. but, he, but he pretty much isolates four of them. Mm -hmm. And when he talks about this, he talks about, and this is Romans 13, 9, where he says, you know, do not commit adultery, do not murder, which we've already mentioned, do not steal and do not covet. Mm -hmm. You know, and I started thinking about why did he like pull those four out? It's because those are direct consequences for any other hmm. human, right? You know, that is here. Because then he goes on to say, you know, we are summed up by this commandment: love your neighbor. Yeah. You know, and, and when the Bible defines neighbor, it's anybody in your vicinity. Hmm. <laughs> you know, and, and that includes, you know, the, the pregnant woman, mm -hmm. and that includes the life that is in sign. So maybe in her womb. You know, what the way when I look at that, when I have to consider that infant, no matter how small, you know, I believe that that is life, just the same as I believe that life, you know, is the same as us, you know, the same as she. Mm. I have to say, like, I have to love them. And one of the ways that those specific commandments address is, is I will not murder that child. Yeah. And that's a good thought. And if we're to, you know, if love is to be the hallmark of Christianity, which it's supposed to, that's what Jesus said, that mm -hmm. we're, we're to be known by love. And he says these examples, um, these commandments are how you love your neighbor as yourself. Those mm -hmm. are examples of how you do it. There's obviously more ways than that, um, but absolutely those ones. You know, mm -hmm. if I'm to be known by love, then how could I kill my neighbor? Right. Um, all right, so, so someone may say then that... Um, Okay, I hear you, thou shalt not kill, but, uh, you know, it's a fetus, not a baby, or a fetus, not a human, right? And so there's that, there's that question of uh, when does life begin and why? And so let's start with you this time, Bryce, and yeah. what, what do you say to that, that statement, that question? Yeah, so I think as, as people are listening to this, something we have to get past is the, the culturally subjective versus the biblically objective, right? Like Josh and you have kind of both mentioned it. You have the subjective truth of um, culture, but you have the objective truth, right? Solid, foundational, absolute truth of God's word. Um, one thing that I've noticed is at least culturally, it seems like the definition of life in the womb uh, really depends on if the child is wanted or not wanted. Um, so I'll mm -hmm. give you an example. Um, it's very sad and I'm not trying to you know, pick on it, but uh, it was pretty big on Twitter the other day. Uh, John Legend and his wife Chrissy, um, their third child was actually stillborn, and uh, you know feel for for them and for anyone who's who's ever experienced something like that. Um, and then it was she was in her third trimester, 
And uh, anyway, but Planned Parenthood actually on their Twitter account tweeted that they were sad for the loss of their their son, their um, their their baby. Um, and, and of course, that brought up all kinds of controversy. But I've had conversations with people, um, Christians and non-Christians, and it seems like again, there's that we we tend to fall more onto the cultural subjectiveness, right? Um, it's it's a life when the baby is wanted. Um, right, people who are, are who would say that abortion is okay. Well, when they chose pregnancy, it's a baby. Um, but when someone doesn't want the baby, it's a fetus. Right? It's not really uh, alive. And I think that's where we have to kind of look really at God's word. Um, I go back to Jeremiah one five, where the Bible says, um, like God speaks and He says, "Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you." meaning that God saw life before life existed. God saw this person before they even were conceived. And so to I think that's a really strong biblical basis then, uh, among all the other things we've already talked about, to say that life mm-hmm. begins at conception. Um, and there's, of course, all kinds of ethics you can get into with, you know, in vitro fertilization and other, you know, foster care adoption. You could go all into the weeds of, of the, the conversation of that. But I think for the conversation that we're having today, um, I think the Bible makes a very, very strong case that that life begins at conception. The problem I think Christians have is that we tend to lean more culturally than we do biblically. Yeah, so mm-hmm. you're pointing out that there's a real logical inconsistency. Too, oh, yeah, absolutely. That, uh, because it's subjective and we, we apply things however it's convenient, mm-hmm. then there's a logical inconsistency that creeps up to say that it's a life sometimes and it's not right. other times or not a human sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, all right, Josh, what do you got for us, man? You know, I, I can't, you know, I can, you know, pretty much second everything, you know, Bryson mentions. And, you know, I mean, if we're going to look, you know, we come back. If, if our foundation is Scripture, then we mm-hmm. look to Scripture, you know, to point this out and over and over again. And I don't know the specific count. Maybe maybe you do. But, you know, there's there's plenty of times, especially throughout the Old Testament, where it is mentioned from prophets, where it mentions how they were called, mm-hmm. you know, and how they were chosen. You know, one of the more famous ones that, you know, you know, it's kind of been used as a verse to kind of go. It When it was wrote, it wasn't meant for that, mm-hmm. you know, but it, when it was, but it's become, as you know, Jeremiah 1.5. Mm-hmm. Um, when God specifically talked to Jeremiah and said that I chose you before I formed you in the womb. So here we are, we're even talking about preconception, mm-hmm. you know, that this is who you are, you know, to talk about within the, the thoughts, and I set you apart, I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. And even, you know, even just looking at one verse, you know, we learned that we read in context, even though that blew Jeremiah's mind. Mm. No, you didn't. Like you could, you know, and then as God walks him through, but to know that, you know, again, David, you know, crawling out in the Psalms, Isaiah 49 you know, and it mentions here, the Lord called me from the womb. Mm-hmm. You know, that is that is him to know that that you are set aside, you formed me in the womb to be a servant. We we when we when we understand that life starts, that scripture says it over and over again. You know, it doesn't give specific details, it doesn't give that, but we know that from the instant that before, <laughs> you know, before I was even thought about, God, you know, had some plan. He had a plan for me. Right. Um, and now I get to see it, you know, I'm watching it unfold now, just as we see that in all of our lives. Yeah. So, you know, to know that there's even like a pre, mm-hmm. you know, and which is just mind blowing, but you know, we, we, um, we, we serve an infinite God right. with finite brains. 
<laughs> you know, so that they, you know, it's kind of our mind blown, but but we take God at his word for who he is. Mm-hmm. So. Amen. And so what you two are kind of driving home to, and I'm going to read one from uh, Psalm 139 in a second, but what you're kind of driving home to is that um, personhood begins before someone leaves the womb. Mm-hmm. And that's really what it comes down to, because we had just um, covered uh, that Job 12.10, that the life of every, every living thing is in his hand. And mm-hmm. this is what it comes down to uh, for Christians. And the reason I started this whole topic out by saying, if there is a God, because I know there may be some people listening who don't care about Christianity and they may not think, well, I don't have to answer to God. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. We've been talking about objective versus subjective truth. And there's going to be a moment in time in all history where every single person stands before the creator. And there's also, it says in scripture a couple times that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. And so whether a person believes in God or not, there is a God. Mm -hmm. And this God is the creator and sustainer of life. And ultimately, it is his definition and his rule that matters. And so I'll I'll read Psalm 139, verses 13 through 16. It says, For it was you who created my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I will praise you because I have been remarkably and wondrously made. Your works are wondrous, and I know this very well. My bones were not hidden from you when I was made in secret, when I was formed in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw me when I was formless. All my days were written in your book and planned before a single one of them began. And so here's what it comes to is that the Creator God has a plan for a life even when it's in a womb, mm-hmm. right? That that he has ordained that life with intrinsic value before it leaves the womb. And something I feel like we've been able to see throughout all history, whether it was the Nazis uh, saying that they were a race above the Jews, mm-hmm. or whether it was even in America, a three-fifths compromise saying that a black person was three-fifths of a human. Anytime you have someone who wants to commit some atrocity, what they do is they try to... Uh, demean the humanity of the person they're committing that atrocity against. And Mm -hmm. so today we have, instead of a baby, we have a fetus, right? Mm -hmm. And that may be the scientific term, but we act like it actually is something different. Now, what is that baby, what is that fetus going to become? Of course, a human. Mm -hmm. And so what we see in Scripture is that God has given that fetus, that baby, intrinsic worth, that he has a plan for that life, that he is endowed that We think of even the founding of our country, that God has endowed um, everyone with certain inalienable rights, and among them is life, Mm -hmm. right? And who's it endowed by? Endowed by the Creator, Mm -hmm. right? To even think of the heart of our country comes back to the Creator gives the right to life, and that's what it comes down to for me. When we think of we don't have a right to kill, God is sovereign— all these different things. God cares about the vulnerable. When we think, when does life begin? We may not see um, a thing, just like we don't see the word abortion. We may not see, well, at conception, right? That's not going to be in scripture. But what we do see is that even in the womb, God has a plan, a purpose, has endowed that baby with with purpose and plan and intrinsic worth. And so that's what we as Christians mm-hmm. must uphold, mm-hmm. must believe. Um, so anything to add, guys? No, I think that's awesome, man. Could, could say it better, yeah. All right, so um, this is uh, this is a, a big topic, and we are going to unpack more of it next week. Josh, you yeah. going to come back with us next week? Of course. All right, awesome. So, uh, and then Bryson, uh, will you still be in quarantine next week? I will still be in quarantine next week, so I will be uh, joining you via camera. All right, excellent. Uh, and then we're hoping to have another special guest on. So, yep. uh, uh, 
if if that doesn't come to fruition, then the, those hype for nothing. But <laughs> but we're hoping that that happens. Yeah. Um, and so it'll be a good conversation where we uh, tackle some of the more difficult questions. Because today, like I said, we're just we're laying the foundation. Yeah, you got to lay the biblical foundation. Not everybody agrees. Um, with this conversation at all. And so to hear, yeah, but here's a vi- biblical view. Mm-hmm. Here's a biblical um, launch point. So then we can go and address some of the more difficult topics. Uh, well, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Thank you, Bryson, for tuning in with us and uh, coming in with us. Josh, appreciate having you in studio with me. It's good to not be alone with a <laughs> microphone and, and just looking at an iPad with Bryson on it's it. It's good to be here, man. Well, good to have you all. And I thank everybody for uh, watching or, or listening. Uh, don't forget to subscribe and share this with a friend mm-hmm. who may need a little faith in their life, may need to hear about this topic. And then if you are in the O'Fallon, Illinois area, we would love to have you join one of our services, one of our small groups we call Life Groups. You can do both of those in person or you can do them online. Uh, and you can find out all the different things about our church online at fbcofound.org. That is fbcofound.org, and we'll see you next time.